Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Have a Talk. I'm Ernesto Leon and I'm here with... Cora Faladay Dearest. So for our first segment, we're going to be talking about a recent piece of policy that the House just passed and it's called the Equality, Equality Act and it's also known as H.R. 5. To briefly tell you guys what it does, it's a bill, if passed, it would amend the Civil Rights Act to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity in employment, housing, public accommodations, public education, federal funding, and the jury system. So we know what happened. This piece of legislation was actually created by Democrats in 2019, and in 2019, um, Every single Democrat voted for it, with eight Republicans voting for it only out of around 200. It was introduced again in 2021, with again every single Democrat voting for it, but this time it went down to three Republicans only voting for it out of 200, like 211 Republicans. Cora, um, what is your opinion on the Equality Act? Do you think it's a like groundbreaking policy legislation that's going to change a lot of things that's happening in, t- in terms of LGBTQ rights. Um, why is it? Do you think that Republicans are voting heavily against it? So the Equality Act is honestly something I've been waiting to hear, you know, be passed on. Um, do I think it's going to mean be causing a um giant change not really but i do think it will do a good amount of change um change that people have been waiting for a long time decades um so with that all being said um it's definitely something i'm pushing for and of course it's not something that's going to solve all problems amongst people uh, who it really is, you know, helping. Where if it is people of the LGBT community or just simply um, other minorities, um, it's definitely something that will cause um, more change that we've been striving to achieve Mm-hmm. Um, the past decades that we've been fighting for and with Republicans, you know, the majority, majority, I'm saying majority, I'm not saying completely, mm-hmm. majority of Republicans, you know, denying this and not letting it be, you know, something that we can all be proud of or accept as something that can help us. I find it very difficult to understand it's not something that i see as bad and i like i said it's not something that may cause the biggest change but it does will do something that will help others in our country find peace be protected be seen be heard it's not something that i feel as if um people like republicans may understand but it's definitely something that they are um, unfairly voting against. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I think it's honestly kind of crazy because like you said, I don't view this policy, which I think is so long overdue, but 
like I don't view it as this like ultimate like problem solver. You know, just because they ended certain uh, racist laws and stuff like that doesn't mean racism still exists. Doesn't mean there's not the effects of racism and through the systemic through a lot of systemic institutions. This like so this begs the question to me like if you're deciding in the year twenty twenty one and it hasn't even passed because it has to go through the Senate and who knows if it'll pass there, but to think that like for this long it was okay. And like legal to actually actively discriminate against LGBTQ people where they work, if they wanted to adopt, and even in taxpayer-funded adoption centers, in homeless shelters, in places of health, like health, like where they can go get medical treatment, is so insane. Like it's so insane to me, and it's so crazy to me that only three Republicans out of two hundred like eleven decided to vote yes to treat people equally. It's crazy. It went down from the past years um, that have passed from just five only. You know, you would expect a big change. Mm -hmm. Because no offense to a lot of like younger conservatives, because I do supposedly, I mean, we have a, I remember we knew some, I'm not going to name them, but they were like young and conservative and they used to debate with us a lot. And they were also Mm -hmm. gay. And a lot of their arguments I remember saying is that, oh, well, the young, like the newer generation is going to be more pro-LGBTQ, right, in the Republican Party. But it got worse. It went from eight to three. <laughs> that's not like that's not progress. That shows you a great prime example of what, you know, time has what is time doing? And um, you see like where growth has <clears throat> where growth has been shown like nearly nothing. Mm-hmm. Actually, nothing at all. No, no growth has been shown. If anything, the opposite of growth has, you know, appeared. Mm-hmm. So, me and Cora both have advocated for the Equality Act. Equality Act. Hopefully, it passes. But we did want to mention it because it's been all over the news, and this is gonna it's gonna appear again because it's the basis of so many horrible comments that have been being made by a lot of politicians. So for this second segment, we're going to be talking about stereotypes and stigmas within the trans community and stereotypes and stigmas being directed at the trans community from people that are not part of it, as well as two big policy debates that are being debated in the media, which is trans people going to the bathroom they identify with and trans women in sports. So... Starting things off, I wanted this to pass it off to Cora. So what are some major stereotypes and stigmas that you I have noticed, have dealt with, that come within the trans community? Um, one of the biggest stereotypes ever that I've discussed with, with you in the gender podcast was hyper-feminization. And it's very normalized within the trans community femme community amongst other trans femme folks Mm -hmm. um you see all over tiktok you know very popular trans women you know indulging within uh, y2k fashion um pink glossy lips mascara um long straight or wavy hair Mm -hmm. um dresses you know very 
over femme, in my opinion. And I feel like it paints a picture for trans women that they have to look a certain part to be accepted as that part, mm -hmm. to be accepted um, as someone who is a feminine person. When in reality, we look at it both ways. I look at it from as you know an angle of, of a cis woman, whose society says they don't have to prove anything to prove that they are women because they are cis women. They are biologically women. They don't have to do anything to prove to anyone that they are no like none other than a being a woman. You know, whereas trans women have to work up the, you know the pyramid and look a certain way that very, in my opinion, looks like a basic white girl mm -hmm. if anything a white girl with a sense of style from the 90s <laughs> and i don't want to be that picture i don't want to be that image that's not something i feel comfortable being seen as i'm more someone who emphasizes you know the normalization of quote-unquote non-passing trans women and i think we should uh, a better time that i would really want to promote in the media is you know cis-assuming, um, and that term basically means as someone who is assumed to be um, cisgendered, mm -hmm. um, because I think the whole term passing is a very toxic term amongst the transit community. It pushes the stereotype that, you know, trans people need to look a certain way to yeah. be valid. Non-binary people need to look androgynous. Trans women need to look feminine, and trans men need to look masculine, which mm -hmm. all sounds just stupid. Yeah, I'm not going to live up to the stereotype that I have to look like a quote-unquote woman when I am, in fact, a woman, you know? Yeah. I don't need to look apart to be the part. It's it's very transphobic, in my opinion. And I the think the better that people understand that, the, the better it's going to get, you know? Yeah. And this so kind of, that's one of the biggest stereotypes ever that I yeah. um, not only know about, but dealt with personally. Mm -hmm. um, my years of high school, you know, being known as trans uh, and on social media, too, you know. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to mention because one of uh, a big debate that the other side tends to have, especially it got super like popularized um for this next segment that we're going to go into, which is uh, one of the political topics is trans women using the bathroom they identify with. And what we've seen, is, um, I don't know, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of the Republican trans woman. She's a trans woman commentator. Her name is Blair White. And her argument stems from that um, you have to be, quote unquote, passing to use the bathroom that you want to use, which, as Cora has said, is such a toxic thing to throw, especially especially uh, youth that are trans, uh, people who are just don't have the resources to get a lot of the things that she got. And when it comes to a lot of Republican politicians, they just believe point blank period. We've seen in the Trump administration that it doesn't matter if you're passing or whatever, what label you want to put, that you can't use the bathroom you identify with. So, Cora what would you say back to this passing argument and how do you feel when it comes to the topic of the political topic of trans women using the bathroom they identify with? Um, I think the whole Blair Wyatt trans medicalist approach of, you know, 
you have to look like a female um, is pretty stupid because with that argument, we've seen that um, even cis women don't even look the part, you know? Cis women have been assaulted for being assumed to be a trans woman or um, for simply looking maybe a bit of androgynous, um, um, less feminine. You know, I think it's a stupid term. And because of this, because of this logic, um, not only cis women are being assaulted and, you know, approached as, you know, being trans, trans women are also being right. seen as, you know, villains, criminals, you know, mm-hmm. people that are, you know, what we need to keep our children away from, you know, we're human beings at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And like every time I bring up the topic of, you know, the trans bathroom thing, everyone relies it back to Jessica and Unique. And that's just one of the worst stereotypes ever, you know? Yeah. You know, Jessica Yunave is still about a trans woman, and you know, despite her history and the person she is, I mean, in my opinion, I still think she does deserve the right to use the bathroom that she identifies with. And to, um, from that approach, if you identify as a woman, if you identify within femme, you know, gender spectrum, and you are comfortable, you know, <clears throat> being presumed as, you know, feminine. I don't see an issue with using the female bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I don't say this from a personal perspective, because if that's the case, I can't really have much of a say. I say this from a different perspective, which is coming from people who are AFAB, assigned female at birth, or cis women who do, in fact, use the women's restroom. Mm-hmm. And have told me personally, um, everyone, I feel like, not one person has told me that they feel uncomfortable with me, a trans woman. Using the female's restroom because at the end of the day, they are simply just trying to use the best the restroom. Okay, I'm not trying to do anything else than just do my business and you know be gone. Okay, because if that's not the case for me, I have to use a restroom where I have a higher risk of being assaulted in. Right. So it's a double standard, you know. Yeah, and it's so it's crazy to me because I hear a lot of people. On the other, like on the other side, when it comes to this issue, saying, "Well, um, I don't want my children in the bathroom," trying to like paint a stereotype of predator and like, you know, like just nasty labels with no like evidence of it, just this prejudice that they want to push with no evidence, no statistical, nothing. But we, what we have seen is that when you force a trans woman to go into a, a like a male bathroom they have been assaulted they have been physically attacked they've been sexually assaulted it's like their statistics and evidence of that but not what of the, what they accuse of at least not like on this grand level compared to the other side so like you said it just doesn't make any sense in terms of the other argument 100% and you know with this all being said um if you really want to get down to it, ask the you know opposing side. Where does it lead? Where name me one person that you know that is a trans woman who's done the sort that is a name Jessica Yuniv, you know? And even Jessica Yuniv was Canadian. That's everyone uses, you know, they use her as a token. Mm-hmm. They use someone, you know, <clears throat> who's just like me, mm-hmm. but you know, fucked up, you know, did things that they shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. And for sure, she's a criminal and everything, but she's not trans woman. She's not the image of trans woman. Mm-hmm. She's just simply a trans woman. That's all. We're not all the same, you know. It's just like the cis woman, and 
this does and it's just portraying the fact um because this is really in my opinion from the opposing side males cis men mm. who are really just assuming that you know people like me are going to assault women in the bathroom mm-hmm. like and even if i were to go with the link you know it's not just men yeah of course you know other people have their opinions too but in this particular situation it's mainly men you know and it's you know I don't see this, you know, hostility against trans men, which they don't deserve either way. But I don't see this, you know, hatred or anything, you know? Yeah. Because who would see a trans man assaulting someone? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But why would you see a trans woman as such? Maybe because from your transphobic mindset, you still see them as a predatory male. Mm-hmm. So. And not only that, like, when it, ever since this argument, I remember always saying, like, if you were truly, like, it makes me so angry because I don't, maybe this is like controversial to say, but I do not think these people care about sexual assault and rape victims, especially we know where they stand when it comes to Me Too and stuff, remember? And it's so like annoying and hypocritical and like contradictory to go, well, now I care about sexual assault. Now I care about uh, preventing rape, right? When they always play into rape culture with their dark humor jokes and the boys, right? It's so annoying. And it, it, I just wanted to say that it's so crazy to me because, like, even, I remember when I was first debating this, I'm like, what do they, like, is there bouncers at restroom doors or something? Because there's not. And if someone was truly had the intent to rape or hurt somebody, there is nothing stopping them from, like, going to the other bathroom. I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. the entire thing was just, I don't know. And this doesn't make rape legal. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't see the point either way with that logic. It's just stupid. I think just people want to say trans women as predators, just trans people as enemies, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, now that we've covered that for you guys, we're going to go on to the stereotypes and stigmas that are coming outside of the trans community, which are a lot more common. And wow, have we heard them so much recently, especially in the media um, Cora, what are some very like mainstream like stereotypes and stigmas that is just directed at the community? We kind of touched on the whole like predator trope that they try to throw like a lot of trans women into. What what are some other like super transphobic comments that we tend to hear? Um, the association of gender identity to sexuality. I remember um, in high school, I was always assumed to be gay because I wanted to be female. Um, when gender identity and sexuality do not correlate, they are not the, the same exact thing. They may have similarities amongst others, like, you know, um, you are gay because you like people who identify as male because you are male. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. But I don't think because I want to be a female that just automatically assumes that I am gay. And if, even if this were the case, I'm not trying to be a female. Embracing my feminine side does not, you know, quote unquote, make me, you know, gay either. Mm-hmm. So the sooner we accept the fact that trans women are women and are not gay men, mm-hmm. the better society will be. The same with trans men. They are not butch lesbians, okay? They are not mask lesbians. They are men, okay? Mm-hmm. Suppose that. Um and I think it's a toxic, you know, um, assumption. It logic, knowledge, you know, to just, you know, push that stigma on, you know, trans women and paint them as something as they're not. Because, I mean, um, 
as a trans woman who's like always been, you know, labeled as gay and there's not nothing being wrong with the term gay. Mm-hmm. It's just never sat right with me as a label. Yeah. Because of what people assume to be. And with that being said, this leads into, you know, um, I also got the assumption that because I wanted to be a woman, I wanted to be straight so that I didn't have to be gay. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with being gay, but that doesn't make me 100% straight all the way. Okay? Mm-hmm. Just because I'm a woman does not stop me from being, you know, a lesbian just like anyone else. Mm-hmm. Or who I am right now, a queer woman. A queer woman who very much enjoys, you know, other females and NBs, you know? This does not make me, uh, like, what everyone wants to push the heteronormative lifestyle of straight. So mm-hmm. It's like people are trying to decide your own identity for you. Exactly. <clears throat> and not just trans women as well. Um, we can go down to trans men and, you know, how people um, question trans men wearing dresses or embracing their feminine side. And then, you know, watching a James Charles tutorial of a gay man wearing makeup. What is the difference between a man wearing makeup and another man wearing makeup? It's just really toxic masculinity to me. And people just, you know, in their minds, just being internally transphobic towards trans men because they are less men for wearing feminine products. Mm -hmm. When at the end of the day, they aren't a roaring gay man, you know, where everyone is turning off of. Mm -hmm. Or they trace it back to, you know, I thought they don't want to be female anymore. Why are they wearing female outfits and stuff like Clothes don't have gender, you know? We know that. And you want more on that? It's on the first episode. (laughs) (laughs) No, and another, like, when it came to debating, I remember debating trans rights, like, three years ago, which was a lot more of a different climate. A lot, Another big argument that I heard, also not going to say their name because I don't think I can, Um, but they were, like, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, they're, like, really big conservative and very crazy (laughs) but i don't know but they would say things that like trans people were quote-unquote mentally ill and that was sort of their whole trope that they played into when they came to stereotyping the entire trans community yeah i 100% remember who you're talking about and this just leads into even worse image for trans people, you know, being assumed that they are mentally ill. And what's even worse is that people from my own community are also going on their social media platform and saying that being trans is a mental disorder because they quit it back to a trans medicalist point of view of needing gender dysphoria to be trans, which even that, even if I were to agree with me on that, which I 100% don't, I, I think that's it. That's just gatekeeping being trans. Yeah. Gender dysphoria is not a mental illness. Um, it's a condition. Mm-hmm. And you might be asked, oh, what's the difference within that? You know, um, for starters, it's not a diagnosis within, you know, mental disorders or anything. <clears throat> and the only thing within it um, that really can be traced back to illnesses is are the are the symptoms within it, such as you know depression or anxiety. But that itself is its own illness, not gender dysphoria. Yeah. And I'm saying this from someone who suffers from gender dysphoria. I'm not. It's not something that is um, a disorder of mine. It's not something 
that's going to stop me from being who I am. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, I am who I am, and I'm not going to go back for it, you know? And this shouldn't stop other people from being, you know, being true to themselves and being trans because you do not need gender dysphoria to be trans, you know? Yeah. Because I, I, I remember, oh my gosh, I remember this brought back an old memory when we used to debate this stuff from, I don't know if you remember, but like a lot of people did argue that you need a gender dysphoria to be trans. I, I'm also, I also believe that you don't need it. I don't think that every person that is trans suffers from gender dysphoria or is depressed or has some sort of thing. That's not what, you know, it's kind of this huge blanket or like that you're trying to paint on, throw over everybody. Right. And that's, it just, it never makes sense when you're trying to like just paint a broad stroke across an entire group of people who are all individuals, like just like any other franchise group, have their own personality traits, like can think like free will, everything. I don't know. It's so crazy. 100%. And, you know, the better you do at listening to trans people, um, despite the people who are, you know, pushing the stereotype that you need gender dysphoria and saying that it is a disorder, um, the better that, you know, trans people can, you know, live their life mm-hmm. and not be called a mentally insane person. Because at the end of the day, we're just human beings, you know? Yeah. I didn't choose this and no one has yeah so we all are who we are period and for the final part of this segment we're going to be talking about our final policy debate that's the biggest one when it comes to trans rights right now and it's trans women in sports we've heard a lot of comments that we're going to dive into in the next segment so stick around for that but for this one we're going to be discussing the policy itself and um it starts with i don't know Cora, if you remember tulsi gabbard (laughs) (laughs) well in her last uh, weeks of being in office as a congresswoman she introduced a policy a policy legislation that prohibited trans women in women's sports um she said that her quotes from her were that it's an unfair advantage that she herself is an athlete and that trans women if were to enter a lot of these sports would dominate a lot of them which again i don't i wish she would i I don't know how people make all these claims and don't cite evidence but that's besides the point cora what's your opinion when it comes to trans women in sports um being a trans woman myself um who was you know within who's participated within sports um, I will just lay it like this. Um, biology is on my side when I say this, and don't be con- like don't be conflicted when I say this. I promise you, I'm gonna explain it um, later on. It's not what you think, okay? Biological men are capable of you know having stronger advantages. Yeah. Um, with between biological females. That is not to say, though, biological females cannot have the advantages like men mm-hmm. in their own bodies um, or cannot be stronger than men because I've seen that pro- um, point be proven a bunch of times within high school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because these are all just capabilities. That doesn't mean we automatically have them. It just means we are able to have them. It's a capability at the end of the day. So where I see her point is that that's just all I see, you know, that men can, you know, can biologically um, have advancements within sports. But with that being said, trans women like me, you know, hormones do do a lot. You know, they change the structure of someone's body. And, you know, for me, it feminizes my structure of my body. Um where, for example, my face is more, um, is less on some parts um, and more smooth on, you know, other parts because it decreases in muscles and it changes the muscles into some type of fat. Uh, my body is shaped a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same has to say with trans men because I've seen plenty of trans men being able to beat the living shit out of probably any other, you know, person so i don't like the stereotype that you know trans men or trans women cannot specifically trans women cannot you know have the same advantage as any other cis woman mm-hmm. there are you know trans women out there who you know can have that advantage but who's to say it's from you know biology yeah who's to say it's not from you know actually having advantage from still, you know, being on their hormones and everything and still having the same exact advantage as the other woman. Because in history itself, women have literally been able to crush others' schools, including men's. So where's the, you know, defense against that? Or are we just going to let it happen? Yeah. For me, I had truly had to debate this yesterday um, on a debate panel. And... I want to set four facts straight. And the number one is that trans girls are girls. And this myth that like sex is binary and it's whatever you get at birth and what you get at birth is like your biological characteristics, no ifs, ands, or buts, is not, it's, it's not true, right? There's like no one way for our bodies to be. And women just in general can be so diverse in the way their bodies are, you know, having a range of like different physical uh, characteristics, whether they're intersex, a woman, like no matter who, you know, if someone's disabled, our bodies are all different. And I just kind of, I just don't like the way um, the other side is trying to paint all things to be because biological sex and gender are not binaries. They're not like this set in stone thing that, a lot of people like to paint it as there is no so there is no set hormone ranges or body parts or chromosomes that all people of particular sex or gender have and um i found like this amazing quote because uh that this doctor his name is dr joshua d safer and he said this he said um a person's genetic makeup and internal and external reproductive anatomy are not useful indicators of athletic performance which kind of just brings down all of this to no it does not matter what you as Cora said like if what assigned at birth you were given people are, and our the human body is so complex so complex and you know it, like if i were to respond to Tulsi Gabbard i'd be like <laughs> like a 200 pound girl versus a 90 pound girl wouldn't exactly be the most fair competition right in a wrestling match but that's why they're, right. <laughs> that's why you set divisions and you like 
it, a trans woman, you like to, right? Like Cora, like it makes no sense like, to me. It really doesn't because like, it's like if they're trying to put all trans women into this box of being like super extremely muscular and like able to kick anybody's ass or something, which is not true. That's not like, it, again, a broad joke across all trans women. And even if it is true, that doesn't stop cis women from also having those capabilities as well, like I'm saying. Um, like I said, if we're related back to biology and everything, people who are AFAB, um, trans men, you know, they have, uh, with hormones and everything, development, I've seen plenty of men having the broadest of muscles, um, a high in testosterone, um, you know, and no, not being on steroids like other men can, you know, be and being a great dominance within athletic field because of their advantage that they've proven themselves and are capable of having that they've achieved on their own, you know? Yeah. So I think a good way to end off this segment was by a trans activist that I'm friends with and a quote of hers that I heard one time. And she told me uh, that we like to ignore the thousands of times that a trans woman loses a competition but boy doesn't the right love to highlight the few times that a trans woman happens to win in a competition which i think that's the this whole like policy debate in my head it's a great quote so for our final segment we're going to be responding to a lot of uh, big um, like politicians, whether senators, congresspeople, or just political pundits. And a lot of the comments they've been making because of the Equality Act. And we're going to be starting off by someone that Cora actually responded to. And she said, her name is Lila, Lily Rose. And she tweeted, she put, only women get pregnant, only women give birth, only women breastfeed. Stop erasing our bodies in the names of equality. There's so much wrong with that statement, but um, Cora, would you like to respond to this conservative political pundit? I would love to. Um, So I tweeted back from this um, because I saw it was trending on Twitter um, for under the hashtag Equality Act. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to go quote unquote, maybe Ernesto can, but I'm not going to go quote unquote by what I said on the tweet. But basically a summary of what I said is that um, not only because I go by gender, not only women can do all the things that this person just stated. It is perfectly capable for um, biological men with ovaries inside their bodies to give birth um, naturally um, from C-sections and do all the things of um, you know certain nature from motherhood. Also, if there are people who do not identify as female, such as non-binary femmes, mask, androgynous, whatever the sort, um, trans men who are men, mm-hmm. literally capable of doing all those things. So when we, you know, we state this all being said, it, you know, it not only disproves everything she just said, it just points how, um, how bigoted people can be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I read that and I was like, huh? Because like, even if you're talking about cis women, not all cis women can get pregnant and give birth, right? Not, 
like not all i i was just there like does she like i don't know i should i don't know i don't know i didn't even know what to respond like i saw you respond to that and i was like clap clap period (laughs) (laughs) the next person that made oh my gosh this comment was so horrible and he did it in, I don't know, he did it in, t- in front of the entire Senate judiciary. And it was Senator Rand Paul. And he was actually um, questioning uh, the Secretary of Education, who he's now the Secretary of Education, about actually trans women in sports because it's been a big debate. And he says this um, statement. He says, uh, I'll paraphrase because I don't want to go quote by quote, but he said that bottom surgery is genital mutilation. And he implied that all trans people do it. Which, first, I heard that. Now, the whole time I was like, I lip eye, you know, like the emoji. I was like in shock because an actual senator went up there and just said that. And it, it was so wrong. It's not true. Not all trans people decide to have bottom surgery. It's not a requirement. I don't know what he was trying to say. Cora, what do you, what's your response to this senator's statement on trans people? Um... Him being a cis person, I think he can step out of my business. I think it's very weird for a random person that has no no relationship to me, not anything of the sort, to be commenting of what my body is and, you know, what I'm, you know, what I do with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, A, like you said, it's not a requirement. You don't need to have bottom surgery because at the end of the day, you're still trans. You're not any less valid than any other person. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very bigoted, you know, statement for him to say. And even if you do go through with it, it's not something that, you know, people like him should be commenting on. It's something mm-hmm. that you decided to do because you wanted to. Yeah. Something that you get to, you know, tell your friends that, you know, through your journey and everything. It's something that you get to decide because it is your body and this what you want to do with it mm-hmm. so that you know that you are comfortable within your own body. Mm-hmm. Because I may be someone who's looking um, forward to, you know, going through the procedure, but I'm also someone who knows that I don't need the procedure to be valid as I am. Mm-hmm. So with that all being said, and it's embarrassing to hear that he's said that in public, mm-hmm. Like, and I'm glad that um oh my god I can't believe I forgot his name but he's now our secretary of education in the Biden admin but he responded with equality he responded with pretty much that trans women are women he literally he stated that back and he said that I'm here I'm here to treat all students fairly and the fact that we were talking about minors and he brought up bottom surgery I'm not like I don't I don't know why he went straight to that like when it came to talking about like young women I don't says a lot about you, Mr. Rand Paul. Anyways, <laughs> the next um, big... She's been getting a lot of attention. She's... I don't know if you've heard of her, Cora. Her name is Representative Green, Major Marjorie Taylor Green. <laughs> oh, she's my biggest fan, actually. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> she's our biggest fan. Um... You know, she took time off from saying that Jewish people did the California wildfires and um, harassing um, survivors of mass shootings to comment on gender and science because that's just her specialty, you know? Um, she de- hey. <laughs> she's decided to put out a sign in front of her office door 
and respond to her congre- a colleague of hers, a congresswoman from Illinois who has a trans daughter, who put out a trans flag outside her office door. So she, Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene put out a sign that says, there are two genders, believe the science. <laughs> Quirrell, what is your response to this? Um, for starters, um, it's quite funny um, for a congresswoman to be such a comedian. You know, the irony, the irony in that statement, because if you think of it from this perspective, one, I know for a fact she's not a biggest believer or a big fan of science. Right. So the fact that she uses it on her side this one time and it goes back because science is not, in fact, on her side. Because there are actual people who study within science and know what science is that will prove to you that not only that they're not only two genders, that the whole statement is just flawed in its tone. And she looks very much stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, out of all people, this woman speaking on science, like who, like the COVID, she does, she, COVID is a hoax. I don't believe in climate change. Uh, girl was a QAnon supporter, meaning she believed that all Democrats were pedophiles and then Trump was a savior. Like she, like this woman was speaking on science. And you know how, Cora, guess how the um, Republicans responded? <laughs> Well, they just um, in tears. <laughs> no, they decided to try to put her in the education committee to like actually implement oh. education into our public schools. <laughs> um, what teacher would she be? I hope not a science teacher. <laughs> well, okay. So now that we've come, responded to a lot of questions that our politicians have been saying. <laughs> I actually started something new, and it's called Love or Hate. (laughs) And you pretty much just have to talk about something in life right now that you're loving and hating. So both of us will do it. Did you want to start? Um, I can if you want. All right, go for it. Um, Let's get the hate out of the way, okay? Um... Surprising to know, as if we haven't talked about it enough through this podcast, um, I'm hating, you know, the hostility against trans people mm-hmm. and beings, you know. Um, I would love, I would love for it, um, people who are not trans, for them to listen to trans people so that we can help them understand who we are as people, mm-hmm. despite the fact that we shouldn't have to. I would love for it to someone to hear me out and know that my right to use the bathroom is my right and I should have that. Mm-hmm. How about something you love? <laughs> wait, I thought I said it. Oh, wait, so you did? <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, I, wait, oh my God, I thought in my head, I was like, wait, um, start with the hate and then lead into the love. That's why I said I, I would love, I would love. That's oh, okay. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> All right, Cora, something you love. Um, I would love for, you know, the cis people out there to hear out trans people in this, especially in this time. Um, trans people are not predators. Trans people are not enemies. 
trans people are not criminals. Trans people are people. And the better we get this out there and the better that people who are not like us and don't understand us, this will help them understand us. Hearing us out, you know, mm-hmm. being there and helping us move on from this because there's just too much hate in the world. And with generations to come and how, you know, the world has come, I think it's time to stop with all this hate and just start to, you know, care, love, hope, mm-hmm. positivity, you know? My hate, I'll start with my hate, too, is I hate that Trump is running again in 2024. I really do. I don't know what he's doing. I don't, I'm tired of it. Like, we had enough. We had enough. (laughs) Like, I don't want him to run in 2024, but I guess he is. So that's going to be something fun. Oh, my God. How old are we going to be in 2024? I'm going to be 23. How old are you going to be? 22. Ew, that's so bad. I don't want to be that old. <laughs> I'm kidding. There's nothing wrong. I'm I'm 20. I'm basically 20 almost. So, um, my love is going to be. Oh my god. Um, I started watching Hunter x Hunter with Matthias, and I love it. I don't know. Have you watched Hunter x Hunter? It's an anime. I'm a weeb. Uh, I haven't, but I've heard good things, so I'd love to watch it sometime. You really should. I love it so much. So good. (laughs) (laughs) So that concludes our podcast. Cora, did you want to shout out your anything again? Um, sure. My Instagram is Cora's Oceans. Um, my TikTok is Gataracha Cora, and um, on my Instagram there is a link in my bio that has a bunch of petitions um there's not a certain category it's just a bunch of petitions that you guys should go out and sign Mm. it really helps around people all around all the world like the world where it comes from the trans community um people in other countries like nigeria um and you can put in your bios and you can put out you know spread the word I would mean a lot for me to for more people to check out my um link in bio so guys, please do that. Thank you so much, Cora, for joining me once again for another episode talking about trans rights, period. For our next episode, just a little pre-quip, um, we're going to be talking about Christianity. So if you guys want to um, support, remember to share and like and stuff, whatever it is you do. Thank you. <laughs>